In this episode, we'll be discussing our storyline wish list for 2020. Before we begin, let me tell you about our storyline training courses at masterstoryline.com. If you're brand new to Storyline or want to improve your skills, Master Storyline has video tutorials that will teach you how to build real courses professionally, step by step. Use the discount code WISHLIST37, all one word, to get 10% off the first year. Hey, Dave. Hey, happy holidays. Uh, same back to you. How is your stomach? And, and New Year. Oh, I've got way too many calories right now. Uh, wait, I've had too, way too many calories. I can't even speak because I've eaten too much. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. My intermittent fasting has taken a turn. <laughs> I'll have all year to work it off, I guess. So, uh, apart from our, from, from our personal wish list, there is another wish list we have. We keep in our, I don't know, e-learning pocket all the time. <laughs> uh, and it's a storyline wish list. We, we, how did you say, Dave, we came up with the list? Uh, well, yeah, we were talking a little bit earlier. Yeah, it's not an, an extensive, complete list of things that we'd love to see uh, come to Storyline in 2020, but it's what we were able to come up with between holiday meals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well put, well put. Yeah, so this is not definitely not a final list, not a super long, extensive list, because we don't, we don't want to spend 12 episodes per year just talking about our <laughs> Storyline wish lists. It's, just, it's basically things we could just remember recall um, yeah exactly like, oh yeah i, I could kind of remember that but yeah i'm sure there's a, a bunch of other things that uh you know and, and it's fairly f- a list of functional things we'd love to see um not really like specific like instructional or visual design things but it's uh y- you know it's like the more functionality you have the 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 more instructional visual design approaches you can maybe better implement so that was uh yeah, it was kind of our focus for this list. Yeah, I think it's both the the thing you said and also just how hard it is to do something. You know, it just feels like oh, this would be so much easier if I could do X. So there's a lot of things like that in our list. I think. Yep. Okay, so I think we should start with the first one: object position on the slide. So currently in Storyline, there's no. I mean, there are some coordinates, but not really in the terms of please move this object to those coordinates. Not not dynamically. Yeah, not like that. There are some through um, motion paths, but not dynamically. Yeah, exactly. So, so currently, you know, moving things in, like if you have m- many option objects and you want to move them into the same exact position, so maybe they are covered up or something. That's sometimes that takes a bit of uh, you know trial and error. Exactly. Or you're trying to build a game or some sort of, um, you know, motion intro, let's say, but it's based off of certain decisions that are made, so you want it a little bit more dynamic. It'd be so cool to have a trigger where you can basically say, hey, I want this object or this group on stage to um, to go from wherever it is to this X and this Y, whether you type in the numbers or you pull those numbers from a variable. I, I think that would open up quite a few... Um, uh, unique things you can do within Storyline. Um, and also, since we're throwing it out there, I'd also love to be able to say, and I'd love to animate it from moving from point A to point B over X amount of time yeah. with a simple ease out or something. You know, I, I think uh, just the the, the uh, kind of complexity of, of uh, animations and various things and 
what do you call it, uh, interactions and things could uh, really kind of start expanding on on uh, on using functionality like that. Yeah, yeah. About motion paths, which I mentioned before, it's the motion paths have some like end coordinates, but the way they they function is different than the typical coordinates in storyline. Uh, which is wrong because then it's really confusing and you cannot position the way you want because the, the, the usual object is storyline, you know, has the XY position and that position is measured from the top left corner of the object, right? You know what I mean, Dave? Yep. That's where it starts. Yep, I'm following you. Yeah. So, but the motion paths, the motion paths position is in the middle like in the center of the object. So it's not, like if you if you look at the current position of the object uh, and then like the motion path's final position, it's not just if it goes, let's say it goes from left to right, so it doesn't change the Y coordinate, only X coordinate changes. The final position will also have the Y coordinates changed because the, because the 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 way you measure the position is in the center of the object and not from the top left, you know? So that really confuses things. When you try to look at the numbers and try to make sense of it all, it, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah, it's it's not quite intuitive. And, and I, think I, I think I just thought of another wish list item too, if I could throw it out, <laughs> that relates. Can, can motion pass can only go down to like a tenth of a second, right? That's correct. Yeah, any so, animation. So, so let goes me throw out a let me throw out a zero second. Uh, and and of course, you know, we say all these things. I should say this. We say all these things. I'm sure that the uh, articulate wonderful articulate uh, programmers and team are like, yeah, we want to do that too. But there's all these restrictions and all these browsers and all this stuff. So we'll just say out say right now. Uh, totally, we we get that. But uh, still, uh, we've got a little wish list. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm sure they heard this like a million times. And oh, there's yeah. actually, there's actually a link available on, on the Articulates website where you can submit your suggestions. So we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, but still, still, we're doing this show. No one is stopping us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're coming in, they're coming in through the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's continue something similar, uh, with animations, custom grow and shrink animations. I would love to see those um, in in storyline. You know, so you can you can make a picture better, b- bigger. Maybe maybe an um, an object just grows a bit when it's hovered. You know, a button that would be awesome. I would love to see that in storyline. That that would be amazing. I I know there's often times where we want to have like a little bit of a background image slowly moving so what we typically do now is we just put on a motion path and have it slightly move maybe left to right let's say um yeah. but to have that slightly scale over time would uh, i think add a lot of uh uh a, a lot of uh what's the word um engagement to uh a course yeah i concur strongly and easing right we, we always always want easing easing is the way to go Yes. Uh, yeah. And since we're talking about easing, another wish list item I've had is on animations, like, you know, your, um, I can't even like think of a single in, one for of them. Example, like, right. yeah, fly in, like fly in uses an ease out. So it, it, it slows down as it gets to its end point. 
Um, but the other animations are, you know, some of them seem linear, some of them see, seem like an in-out, so slows down, speeds up, slows down, or or even just an ease-in, you know, starts fast, or starts slow, and, you know, I, I would love to have an option similar to in motion pass, motion pass where I can set that, because right now I use maybe two animations, uh, because I don't like how the others feel, if I had an option for that. Uh, I would start using quite a few more of the uh, animations and transitions uh, that uh, Storyline has. Because funny thing is with with flying, right? I, I know I, I wanted to use it, I think, maybe for uh, like for a sick bar, or like a custom sick bar, something like that. And it's funny because the easing is there all the time. And it, 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 this was a situation where I didn't want any easing. I, I wanted just to have, have a nice linear motion. Which of course was not possible with flying, so I went with the motion path. But yeah, right, yeah, uh, adjustments for easing would be greatly appreciated. Well, I think you know, like I use fly in all the time because of that. I'd love to use float in more often, but float in is some kind of uh, I, I don't quite know. It's it's uh, it, it's kind of like a ease out. It doesn't quite have an ease out. It, it's kind of like I don't know. It, it, it's not a nice smooth like yeah uh slow down to zero um i would use that a lot more often uh yeah. along with a number of the other ones so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put a period at the end of that sentence and be done so we have masking using shapes now <laughs> we both have like millions of tricks how to mask things in storyline but masking using custom shapes that would be amazing that would be such a huge add-on to the I guess the way we do things, right? Oh, that would be so cool too. Almost like groups like to say this shape is a mass group and anything under it will only show up uh you know within that shape basically. Uh that would be amazing. Yeah. That remind that's like you know you know in you know in Photoshop when you can I think it's called clipping layers. Mhm. It's like one layer can be only seen through another layer. I think that's that's what you meant here, right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I'm, I'm using yeah. one object as the mask for whatever is kind of grouped within it. Yeah, nice. That would be awesome. Trigger timers, right? To have a trigger uh, based on a timer, like in five seconds, or maybe five seconds after uh, animation completes, do that, right? Things like that. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, we're, we're doing so many little tricks, you know, using layers and various things to kind of, or, or motion pass really to, uh, act as timers, but it'd be, it'd be pretty cool to have a trigger that is a, uh, uh, maybe it's a trigger that runs and it, it maybe counts down to a variable, you know, choose your variable and, uh, for five seconds and you'll just see that variable go, you know, five, four, three, two, one, then you can either, put that variable on screen and see your timer, or you can uh, use that trigger along with another trigger to say, I'm going to launch this trigger when this trigger completes, you know, the timer yeah. trigger, um, mm-hmm. so that we can kind of do away with a lot of the little uh, tricks we're using. Yeah, yeah. I know I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I have used many tricks for that. <laughs> Often motion pets. Yeah, you you've got me using motion paths. That's the better route than using layers for sure. And speaking of motion paths, I just I just uh and all the animations. Please, can we lift the limit to more than 1 minute? 
I would love that. Why is there this limit? This is so arbitrary. It's it's not even funny. So please, more than one minute or fifty nine seconds actually. That's that. Please, storyline, do it. <laughs> I'm sure they'll drop everything and get on that. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Dave, have you heard of dropping things on targets? You know, like dragon drops. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard of that. <laughs> I'm aware of it, yeah. Okay, Dave. What if you could drop an object to more than one correct drop target? You know, because currently you're limited in the in the free form. You can only select one object and and one drop target. So if we could expand that, that would be beautiful. No more custom work. That would be very nice. I know you share my pain. <laughs> so on to the next one. Editable Bezier curves on motion paths. That's something you want, Dave. Yeah, you know, you're drawing these motion paths a lot. And right now the tools are a little bit uh, cumbersome. You know, you, you, you kind of draw them and it kind of creates a curve based off of kind of the points you're setting. Um, and they're not editable, so you can't go back and fix something. Uh, I'd love to just have uh, like editable editable Bezier curves where I can, you know, with the uh, control points, the handles, so I can uh, get a motion path exactly the way that I'd I'd want. Something you'd see in, you know, Illustrator or Photoshop or, you know, that you're, you're probably familiar with them in programs like that, but I'd love to see that available yeah. for motion paths. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if I have to draw uh, like a curved path, I, I almost want to give up just no, I, I don't want to do that. It's just so cumbersome. Well, like we were, I was building a game the other day where you kind of have an object moving along a, these boxes. And so I really wanted them to end up on the right box. So I draw it and then I have to kind of run it to see where it ended up. And then it's like, oh, no, I'm I'm a little bit off. So I have to draw a new path and delete the old one. I'd use the yeah. old one as kind of a... Uh, you know, a uh, uh, guide. Like, like the path not to take. <laughs> yeah, I'd use it as a guide to get close, but to be able to go back and edit it and, you know, it, it just, it would speed things up quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, I think we all know the next one. You have a nice group of objects. It's a group, it's beautiful. And then you see that there's something missing and there is no way for you to add an object to that group. Because basically you have to create another group if you want to, you know, add it to that, well, group. Um, but but still, you can. The problem is you're stuck with the trigger that's already created, and and it's really problematic to add another item to that group. Because uh, if you break it up, the trigger breaks, you know. So ah, it's just not, it's not a great solution. I mean, you can put. You might have a motion path on that group as well. Yeah, exactly. You might have a motion path, yeah. So, I mean, you could you can put it in a maybe in a state of another object since it's in the group. I, I guess that's like a workaround. Yep, you but, could do that. That's a workaround. Yep. But uh, you know, it's just it doesn't taste right. So no. Um, yeah, just add it. Add objects to a group. Yep, that would yeah, be just just one more button there. Fantastic. Yeah. So we love master slides, but we have problems accessing the master slides. <laughs> so this is like a general wish that we could have an easier access to the things that are, that are on the master slide, uh, like uh, 
layers, uh, objects, maybe, I don't know, variables, something. Um, it's just currently all you have is a variable and then things happen in the master slide. But there's no way to interact directly or maybe just say open a layer that's in the master slide, things like that. Yeah, like on triggers, uh, you know, we're always using tricks to do this, you know, creating a variable and then saying, when this variable changes, I want to show the layer in a master slide. Um, you know, so, so we're using a lot of tricks to do a lot of the things in our wish list. Uh, but these sort of things, like, for instance, having a trigger where I can directly see layers in a master slide or in other layers, let's say I'm in a layer and I want to change uh, you know, some object state on another layer, uh, which happens often, it'd be great to be able to see those other uh, layers and master slides and various things uh, in the trigger uh, options or object dropdowns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, object dropdown, that's a good one, yeah, yeah. Okay, the next one, per slide variables. <laughs> we spoke about that many times. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see per slide variables. Uh, I know I just had a project kind of recently where I wanted to know that the layer was complete, or I'm sorry, the uh, slide was complete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a whole bunch of slides. So for me to really know that each slide was complete, I'd have to create a, a variable for each slide, you know, uh, slide one, slide two, slide three, and and independently set each of those to false or true, let's say, uh, that it's complete. I'd love to be able to just have a single variable, but it's a slide-related variable. So if I, on slide on the first slide, if I set it to true, that same variable name on all the other slides uh, is still false so that I can uh, yeah, do a lot yeah. more um, rather than kind of a global variable. Yeah, and you can't you can use a global variable because it has because then, you know, ev like then everything is completed in, in one s swoop. Right, yeah, if it's global, then... Yeah. And, and I do like, you know, Storyline has the new kind of slide number variables, which helps to kind of know, like a, a big reason that we used to set, create all these independent variables uh, to keep track of slides is so that we could build these little, uh, you know, course completion little uh, functional components. Um so you know you're constantly checking all these variables. So that slide number thing helps a lot, but still to have independent uh, slide-based variables would be uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, Dave. The next one is yours, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with it. Yeah. So viewing the timeline at the playhead. So, or at least having an option for that. So basically, right now, if uh, you look at the slide, uh, no matter where that playhead is uh the time you'll see every object that's on the timeline whether you'd see it or not now if you hit the little play button in the lower left uh you know it'd start playing and you'd see just exactly what's at the playhead but to be able to set an option to just see everything at the uh playhead only um you know not while playing would be amazing uh, i know right now a lot of people have to kind of say they want to make an edit they sometimes have to go and start um, hiding the layers till they find what they're looking for. Um, and then they forget oh, yeah. to turn them back on. And then the client's like, eh, this isn't right. And you're like, oh, no, I forgot to turn that on. Um, yeah. To be able to see the playhead or see the timeline at the playhead point would be wonderful, which is how a lot of, you know, timeline-based 
programs work by default. And then often the the ability to kind of onion skin, kind of th- see everything uh, is an option. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have the option to see that now because doing a lot of motion graphic kind of stuff in storyline and timing and editing yeah. is difficult uh, when you have to view everything at once. Yeah. And I would be even happy like with a, like with an intermittent step, I, maybe I don't even need the live view, like when I drag the, the the playhead. But maybe if I just click somewhere and it takes a second to refresh, just show me what's happening at ten second mark. You know, that that would be fine. That would be. I mean, that would be the first fantastic step in that direction. Okay, so you have a game and it's fantastic and people love it, and then you have a restart button and maybe you play the slide again or something like that. But then you have to reset every variable by hand. So my wish here is a trigger to say reset all variables or maybe reset all of these variables and you have a check mark. That would be fantastic. I concur. That would be wonderful. There's nothing more to add, right? (laughs) You know, I can always say more than I need to, but (laughs) I'm going to stop right there. We, we don't have three hours for the show. Yeah, that's true. Okay, the next one, trigger to set the percentage in the, in the LMS. You want that one? Yeah, so, you, you know, back in the day, we'd have to use JavaScript to uh, tell the LMS that the course is complete or incomplete, um, and then they came out with a trigger uh, so you can set that uh, just within Storyline, which is wonderful. Uh, would also love to see the ability to set the percentage in the LMS. So if you get you know 90% on a test or on an assessment, that'll get sent back to the LMS. But if you've got some kind of unique interaction or you want to build a, a more scenario-based thing and you don't want to try to kind of hack it to get the percentage to send, uh, to be able to just send that percentage out without JavaScript uh, would be wonderful. I agree. I agree. I know. I've seen custom solutions, but just have a trigger to do that. That that would be awesome. Ah, this one is mine. This, this I guess from for six years now. Custom shortcuts for any command. You know, I had some courses uh, that were translated to Arabic, and I had to move all the elements. You know, I had to mirror them, move objects from left to right, things like that, and also all the text boxes had to be said, the paragraph had to be said, the text is read from right to left, you know? And there's no shortcut for that. You have to open the setting, paragraph setting, every time and set that right to left. And that's so many clicks and it feels like it takes forever. And you can imagine like 10 text boxes per slide and, you know, 25 slides. That's, That's so many clicks. I would just love to set a shortcut for any command that is possible. You know, paste special, paste as the paste as plain text, things like that. You know, even even another one. Repeat the command that I have just did. The that I have just done it. Uh, repeat the command that I have just what done. Execute it. Just, All of those work. Completed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I ran tackled. out of words. <laughs> Well, just like I know, I, I think in, in Word actually that exists. I think it's like Control Y. Uh, it just repeats the command that you've done. So maybe maybe you're bolding words or something. I know there's Command B or, or Control B, but it's just simple things like that. Just makes it makes your workflow much faster, much easier. 
Uh, everything is just smoother, and it's smoother, smoother is better. So th- there's no arguing here. Yeah, unless you're <laughs> like buying sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, sandpaper will make some wood smoother because you might maybe you know it's. So what's the next one? <laughs> next one: modern <laughs> player settings, um, colors, and buttons position. So what I mean is currently you have the modern player and you have two color settings. Well, actually, I'm lying. You have you have two main color settings. It's the like uh, dark and well, bright, I think, or black or white, something like that. And then you have, I think, the accent color is what they call it. And it, you know, it colors some things, but there's no more coloring options. You can't have like a gray version or something or or even I think even the the dark version, the background is not 100% black. It's like a, a light black. Some might call it gray. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I would like more options there. And, of course, the buttons. Currently, the buttons extend to the width of your uh, software. Not software, browser. You know, buttons just extend to the browser width. And, and they, they don't stick with the slide, like your slide... Um, Slide width, they extend to the browser width, which is annoying. We, we spoke about that before. So just to have some options, does, does this happen or not, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be very nice. And we have talked about that before. And this is a big one because I've, I've talked to multiple clients of mine, and they've been reluctant to uh, switch from the old, uh, what do you call it, classic player to the modern player uh, because the next button which for a lot of them is like how you navigate to the next slide. It looks nice, but it's it's kind of toned back a, a bit. It's harder to see. And they don't really have settings anymore on it. And on top of it, like you just said, it also pushes them to kind of the, the, uh, the width of the browser, not the extent of the slide, which would be not the width of the browser because it just scales, it doesn't stretch. And so you don't see the next button as easily on a, you know, like a computer. And that causes uh, issue for, for the user experience. And, and uh, you know, to be able to, um, well, and this is another wish list item, to be able to tell the uh, next button and the menu and all the, what do you call them, native player options, uh, to be the extent of the slide and not the browser window would be wonderful. It'd also be great to uh, be able to have a little bit more control over the look of like the next button to make it pop out a little bit more. And uh, also throughout another one, it'd be kind of a neat thing to be able to tell the next button to uh, have some sort of animation or some glow or something um, when you get to the end of a slide or whenever you call it, you know, so you can kind of lead them on. Uh, I think all those things would add a lot to the user experience. Okay, one more master slide thing. Um, You know, sometimes maybe we have a logo or a header or something that's always on the slide. And I I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And also... Why don't I put these elements on the slide, on the master slide? They'll be always there. They'll be visible. Fantastic. And then you do that. And then you realize that the, when you go work on the you know, usual slides, there you can put those things 
all over the master slide and you can hide everything and you can't put them under the slide, be which often maybe you, you, you wanted to because elements fly in from the bottom, but then they fly over the, you know, uh, well, some part of the interface, which is not great. So I would love an option to say, okay, these objects are always on top. That would be great. Um, even if they had a layer that was just an always on top layer, uh, like I, I, I yeah. had a menu uh, that I wanted on top of everything. But of course, and you can tell it in the master slide to be on to show that layer. Um, and so it's on top. But then let's say you open another layer and that layer is set to, um, well, any new layer will be on top of that object, you know. So very quickly I lose my menu and it's it's a mess. So, uh, you know, you, then you got to use variables and things to constantly try to turn that layer back on. And yeah. so, yeah, to be able to have some sort of option to just say, hey, I want this to always be on top would be the bee's knees. Bee's knees, yeah. And two more items from you, Dave. Tell us what's what's bugging you. Yeah, I. <laughs> well, it's not really. Nothing's really bugging me. It's just uh, speed things up a little bit. It'd just be uh, uh, neat, neat adjustments or additions. Yeah. But yeah, two other items. Um, one is based on some stuff we hear from clients often, uh, or potential clients even, uh, where they don't have an LMS. They just want to put a, a little course on their website and. Uh, but they want to know that people are going to the course, taking it, um, and it'd be really cool to have some sort of functionality, um, some sort of interface or trigger whatever to say, hey, I want to email s a, some information, some variables uh, to a certain email address. So when you get to the end of a course, you know, it sends some information through Articulate System and, and to a specific email address that I've typed in, let's say, the trigger, so that... Uh, you know, me, the owner of this course, can at least see, even though I don't have a learning management system, that uh, that so-and-so uh, viewed the course yeah. um, and they got a whatever percent on it. Uh, perhaps you could email that person as well. But they just need some rudimentary, most simplistic tracking possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I I've seen this a number of times where again, they're reluctant to move forward because they don't want to work on a course unless they have an LMS in place or something to kind of keep track of that. And we've built little systems to send emails at the end of courses, but I'd love for it to be something within Storyline to make it easy for people that don't know how to program or anything like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That would be swell. And finally... Uh, this is another one that would just save some time. Uh, you know, they've got the JavaScript uh, trigger, uh, but I'd love to be—I'd love to have a little library or some buttons to very easily uh, put the get var, set var uh, JavaScript items into the window, um, or maybe some common ones like get today's date, um, or to get the variables from Storyline. You know, currently. I'll be in the JavaScript window and I'll be like, oh, I want to get var, get a variable from Storyline, and then oh, I can't remember what those variables are. So now I got to yeah. hit, hit OK, leave the JavaScript window, open up the variable window, find it. I'd love to have like direct access to some of that stuff um, just to make it a little bit quicker and easier for me. I agree. I agree. I've been playing more and more with JavaScript and 
That would be very helpful. I mean, especially if you're starting, because at start, it's like nothing makes sense. But just to have maybe some templates, just the things you mentioned, that would just help for beginners. And then also, you know, in the long run for like every workflow that you have to do every, every, every time with JavaScript. Yeah. And that's the list. That's the list. And we want to add something more here that although there are some things that we would love to see and maybe we're that are bugging us, uh, we're still very happy with the updates in the last year. A lot of things have, you know... A lot of updates. A lot of updates, very nice updates. I mean, more, and more rapidly than I think any other year. It's just been awesome. Yeah. Like also this end of the year with the, you know, with the redesigned trigger panel, that, that was a big one. Uh, yeah, it's great. So, you know, 2020, here we come. We got, uh, of course, now we got to exceed 2019. There's no other way. <laughs> right. But yeah, we, we're very happy with the updates. So, Dave, uh, I think this is the end of the show. End of 2019. There are more episodes coming in 2020. But before we get there, how can people find you? Where can people find you? Are you findable? Yeah, well, it's the holidays, so you can find me at the in-laws. <laughs> I'll be at the dinner table. Uh, or under. <laughs> yeah, or under. Any other time, you can find me at uh, davidcharney.com. Oh, geez, I've got so many places. Uh, elearninglocker.com for templates or lumengroup.com for uh, custom e-learning. Uh, or Twitter, I'm on there tweeting here and there. Uh, how about you, Nates? Where can people find you? Yeah, well, website is still sort of in the... Uh somewhere out there i'll just say that uh but always you can always connect with me on linkedin you can you know you can find me quickly by my name that's no problem i'm the only one with that name and on twitter under nickname n-e-j-c-d and of course you can always uh write to us through the website there's a submit there's a contact form that uh will email us directly you know if you have a question about I don't know, Master Storyline, or even uh, for the learning guys, is there a challenge you have for us? We would like to know about it. So until then, have a great year, 2020, everyone. Have awesome e-learning projects, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep, thanks, everyone. Happy learning. <laughs>